Welcome to Disputes Digest. Today is May 28th, 2021. I'm Chris Campbell. Don't forget to follow Tales of the Tribunal on LinkedIn to stay up to date with the news from around the world of international law, dispute resolution, and business. Before we get into it this week, first, if you have not already, go follow Tales of the Tribunal on LinkedIn and share it with a friend or colleague. And if you've got any feedback for the show, drop us a line at talesofthetribunal at gmail.com. First, in the lead story for this week, a blockbuster case out of The Hague as a court in the Netherlands has ruled that other NGOs and private individuals, literally 17,000 of them, have been successful in their claim against Dutch Shell. The ruling orders the company and its affiliates that form the Shell Group to limit or cause to be limited the aggregate annual volume of all CO2 emissions into the atmosphere by at least 45% of its net emissions by the end of 2030. This case signals a major landmark as nations of the world try to reconcile how to deal with the Earth's changing climate and atmosphere. Shell issued a statement in response acknowledging the dire need to address climate change, although it was, quote, disappointed with the court's decision. Shell also highlighted the progress that it had made in the fight to protect the environment. Shell is expected to appeal a decision, and at the same time, this decision begs the question how courts around the world will treat companies whose operation impacts the environment. We will link to the decision as well as the statement from Shell in the show notes. Next, we head to the Czech Republic as two recent decisions from the Czech Supreme Court underscore the importance of independence and impartiality of arbitrators. Both cases issued in November 2020 represent major contributions in Czech arbitration practice as they provide detailed answers to a number of practical questions arising from the impartiality of an arbitrator pursuant to the Arbitration Act and has been questioned. Indeed, it is also possible to apply the requirement for impartiality of an arbitrator to an appointing authority. The court holds that an arbitrator's impartiality cannot be presumed and that relevant facts or circumstances must be established. However, there is also a tangible burden that must be overcome to remove a duly appointed arbitrator. We will link to an in-depth analysis of these two decisions in the show notes. Then, over to the United Kingdom as the LCIA releases its 2020 casework report, which reveals that London's arbitration market is busier than ever, at least in part as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. The report suggests that the LCIA had an exceptional year with a record 407 arbitrations being referred to the LCIA, which is an increase of 18%. Banking and finance are no longer the dominant industry sectors, retaining only 20% of the overall cases behind energy and resources disputes at 26% and transport and commodities at 22%. Also of note is the fact that foreign parties referring matters to the LCIA increased from 81 to 86% with English governing law maintaining the lion's share of applicability. In terms of arbitrator diversity, women accounted for just 33% of appointments in a jump that's 10% since 2018, but still far below their male counterparts. And over 40 nationalities were amongst those appointed across both genders. However, first-time appointees dropped some 5% to 14%. The full report is available on the LCIA website. Now over to the United States of America as a U.S. court grants a stay of proceedings with deference to the ICSID regime. In the case Cube Infrastructure v. Spain, two separate adjudicators made apparently conflicting decisions based on the same underlying facts. Both decisions concerned applicability by Spain to stay enforcement of an ICSID award rendered in July 2019, where Spain was ordered to pay some 33.7 million euros along with interest and costs. 
The first order came from an exit ad hoc tribunal where the tribunal refused to extend the stay of enforcement sought by Spain in the annulment proceedings. The second decision was handed down by the U.S. District Court in May 2021, where Spain was granted a stay in respect of the enforcement proceedings initiated by Cube Infrastructure. The discrepancy in decisions in the case seemed to arise from the interpretation of certain procedural factors and an apparent impact on Cube Infrastructure that might be realized in the delay of enforcing the arbitral award adverse to Spain. Further reporting on this case is available on the ICSID website. Then, one more story out of the United States before we end the news segment, as UNI Top Asia Investment Limited filed a petition before the U.S. District Court in D.C. seeking enforcement of a SeaTac award, which had been set aside by a Chinese court. Way back in September 2015, the British Virgin Island company, UNI Top, had initiated an arbitration before SeaTac against the Chinese company named Sinopec. Then, in June 2017, SeaTac issued an award in favor of Unitop in the amount of $21 million. Thereafter, Sinopec applied to the Intermediate People's Court of China to set aside the SeaTac award, which it did on April 27, 2020, on res judicata grounds, finding that the underlying arbitration was a, quote, repeated arbitration, which is prohibited by Article 9 of the Arbitration Law of China because there had been a previous arbitration in which an award had been rendered and the parties, the disputed subject, and the claims therein were identical to the underlying arbitration in the instant case. The matter is now on to the court for further consideration to see how the U.S. will treat the award. First up, the Journal for Transnational Dispute Management, TDM, issues a call for paper on topics of international investment arbitration, environmental protections, and climate change issues. Topics can discuss nearly any topic from across the world of climate change and law. Proposals are due on July 31st and full papers are due on December 31st, 2021. The postings are available in full on the TDM website. Next up, global law firm Herbert Smith Freehills is seeking a legal review attorney to join its dispute team in New York. Next. Multinational firm Michonne Derea LLP seeks an associate to join its fraud litigation team based in London. After that, Wilmer Hale is seeking an intellectual property associate or senior associate to join its Palo Alto, California offices. Finally for this week, the law firm Loyens & Luth seek a litigation and arbitration associate to join its Brussels-based office. Next, on to events. Starting this week in events, there are two occasions from the ICC that you'll want to put on your calendar. First, on June 1st, the ICC Young Arbitrators Forum hosts a webinar titled, Do All Roads Lead to Arbitration? The organizers invite attendees to join them for a conversation-style event on how to leverage diverse profiles to explore the many roads available to break into international arbitration. The event is intended for young practitioners to discover the arbitration journey and to hear about the bumps in the road as well as the successes they have encountered along the way. These personal conversations will also afford participants the opportunity to directly address the speakers with their questions to get advice as to what it takes to make it in the field. Then, just after the previous event, starting on June 1st and extending to June 4th, is the 5th Annual ICC Africa Conference on International Arbitration. The topic of this year's conference is Arbitration in Africa, Expanding the Scope, and it is designed to be a key form for understanding international commercial arbitration in Africa. This conference provides valuable knowledge in the region and is becoming an essential gathering 
for the African arbitration community that includes top-class speakers, topical discussions, and relevant news, as well as an excellent opportunity to network. Then, from June 3rd to June 5th, the Foundation for International Arbitration Advocacy, FIAA, hosts a workshop titled Questioning of Fact Witnesses in International Arbitration. A link is available for this event in the show notes. Finally, for events, looking ahead to June 18th, is an event titled Interactions Between Special Economic Zones, or SEZs, Investment and Trade. The webinar is organized with the intention of exploring the different types of economic zones and the complex legal regimes they operate with. That's it for the news, events, and opportunities for this week, and we've just one more thing to address before we get out of here. Just over one year ago, on May 26, 2021, the world watched in horror as a U.S. police officer pressed his knee into the neck of an unarmed U.S. citizen for over nine minutes. A cry or demand for racial and social justice that we must continue to echo lest it be drowned out by fear and hate. Now, this isn't a show about civil rights and I'm no Amanda Gorman, but listener, I do speak to you as we exist in the moment of change. A special moment where we have the opportunity to stand for change for the disenfranchised from the American heartland to every single continent on the planet. Whether it is by using your skills as a lawyer, donating, phone banking, writing letters, mentoring, sponsoring, teaching, or even just having a genuine conversation with someone of a different opinion or belief set, nothing is too little to make a difference. So I ask you, dear listener, over the last year, what has changed for you. For those you know, what can you do to make this world a better place? If you don't know the answer to these questions, there's nothing wrong with that. But this is my challenge to you. Examine yourself, examine your surroundings, and see what you can do to make this world a better place. Rest in power, George Floyd, and Black Lives Matter. That's all for this week. No Tales of the Tribunal next week, but we'll see you here next Friday. Peace. None of the views shared today or in any episode of Disputes Digest is presented as legal advice nor advice of any kind. No compensation was provided to any organization or party for their inclusion on the show, nor do any of the statements made represent any particular organization, legal position, or viewpoint. All interviewees or organizations included appear on an arm's length basis, and their appearance should not be construed as any bias or preferred affiliation with the host or host's employer. All rights reserved.